Put the checkbook away. The million-dollar match is off after a shock loss to the Saints in Melbourne. Not only have the Lions women missed a golden financial opportunity, but now their place in the top four hangs tenuously too ahead of a massive final round grand final rematch against the Demons at Brighton Homes Arena. Meanwhile, as we sit down today to record this afternoon on October the 30th, we have hit the dreaded one-month mark exactly on from when our collective hearts broke at the MCG on that September afternoon. How is the healing process going? When do we put this behind us? And how many Lions fans have been brave enough to look back at the game in the month since then? Uh, we'll have a bit of a chat about that as well. Um, plenty to talk through, but Mike, before we get into, I, I, I think probably the disaster in Melbourne is the the word we can use for what happened with the women on the weekend and, and the squandered opportunity. Before we look at, at, at that and, and the path forward there, uh, it does hit my mind that as we sit here right now, Queensland time, it's quarter to five uh, in the afternoon on October the 30th. And I'm just, I can't help my mind rushing back a month right now. <laughs> and just thinking at this stage, there was hope. What's wrong with it. you? I know, Mike. I know. <laughs> well, this was actually, this was the first time this week that I, I went back and watched bits of the game in depth. And, and it's almost like it yeah, started to feel yeah. real that we were in a grand final a month on. It started to feel a bit real that we had that chance and, and that it happened. And gosh, I mean, the, the joy on Charlie's face when he snaps the goal to mm. put the Lions in front. Watching that back and knowing what comes next, I, I, had, to, I had to shut down the, uh, the KO app immediately because I couldn't bear seeing another second of it. In my mind, I think until Christmas, I just need to pretend that's where the game finished. Isn't it funny how different people, how you process things differently? Like I'm um, yeah, oh, I'm probably not, for different reasons we've discussed this, but I'm not quite as emotionally invested as you, but I was I was very invested on the day for sure. But I... I wanted to. I wanted to go back and watch it. I think, I think it took me a week. Like I went back mm. the next weekend. I had a bit of time, and I and I watched the match then. And um, I felt that was. And that's probably the. I can't imagine another reason why I'll go back and watch it again. I, I've seen it. I've thought about what went wrong for Brisbane, and you know how close they were to winning it. But you've given yourself some distance. Yes. Before you've gone back and watched it, and it's. I was chatting to a mate about this on the weekend, actually, a New Zealand mate of mine, a really good mate. I used to live with him uh, for a couple of years, quite well, many, many years ago now, but he's a real sporto. And of course, they Australia beat them in the cricket on Saturday night, a bit of a yeah. heartbreaker. They lost the rugby on Sunday morning, another bit of a heartbreaker. And I sort of jokingly said to him, oh, well, just as well, we're in our 40s now, mate, and we can move on from these things quicker because when you're in your 20s and 30s, you're and teenagers listening to this and kids listening to this like mm. i cling on to losses that my team teams that i follow had so much more they hurt for so long when i was younger and i just yes, feel the yes. older i've got i just feel i move on a bit quicker yeah i don't know no i don't i know I don't you know mean why but well do, uh, the question is do the wins still feel as sweet or are they less sweet as well probably less sweet as well okay. i mean i can remember so much from my teenage years and 20s even my 30, man, I'm so old, but <laughs> <laughs> I can. Hey, I'm in my 30s now too, Mike, as well. We've all, we're all aging. Yeah. 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 We are. But it's just, <laughs> and I'm like, I was just, I know this is a real tangent we've got off, onto here, but it was just how you process defeat, I mm. guess, is what I'm sort of questioning here. And there's no yeah. right and wrong answer. And we all deal with it differently. And I've just dealt with it differently the older I've got. There would have been losses for teams I followed when I was a lot younger, when I, probably wouldn't have gone back and watched them at all 
because it would be too painful. Yeah, yeah. Um, I understand what you mean by that, actually, because I, I think about um, the classic one for me. I was a diehard Brisbane Broncos fan yep. before I jumped to the So the was Lions. I for a very, very long time. And, and I don't think a sporting result has ever hurt me as deeply as the 2008 semifinal against the Storm. Oh, uh, I remember that too. <laughs> Greg Inglis. Uh, yeah, and Ashton Sims, Ashton I think it was. Ashton Sims spilt the pill. With, uh, what, 30, About, 40 seconds yeah, left on the Yeah, I was going to say a minute, maybe less. And uh, and there was a famous shot that night of Darren, Darren Lockyer, Lockyer just in <laughs> agony. Look, I mean, it's just, here we go, 15 years yeah. on, Mike. Yep. And, and it burns in there so strongly. Now, the team I have given my last 15 years to, in some ways, lost a grand final mm. on my 30th birthday in agonising fashion. And weirdly, I agree with you. It's like it, it, it's like it doesn't quite cut to the deeper part, that same deep part of me. And I don't know whether that is just getting older or, you know, handling bigger. Because I think as you get older, you probably life gives you some bigger disappointments than a sporting game. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> and once you face some really dark days, you know, in life, as, as many of us have, I think there's an element where you go, look, that hurts, but I have a little bit more perspective now. Perhaps that's uh, it. Perspective might be the word. That's the word yeah. that I was thinking of before you mentioned it. I would yeah. be keen to know now whether it's pe- Patreons that yes. get, yeah. um, get onto us through our Facebook group or mm. people that just want to tweet us. Would be keen to hear how many people have watched a replay and how they deal with losses because yeah, I do yeah. find it interesting how we cope with it and whether you bury yourself into it and watch multiple replays to figure out what Brisbane could have done differently mm. or whether that's just dragging out the pain yeah. for so much longer. I bumped into, I don't know, I don't think I've mentioned this on the show, bumped into Chris Fagan maybe 10 days, I okay. reckon, after the grand final. Right, right. So I was out at Springfield for something else and bumped into him and there was there was actually another journo with me, Murray Wenzel, sometimes listener of our pod, G'day Muzz. Lovely guy. I met him at the open training session Good fella, isn't in he Grand Muzz? Final Week. Lovely guy. Works Lovely for guy. AAP, an absolute legend of a bloke. Yeah. Uh, we were sitting down chatting to Fags. Fags was just walking through the mm. uh, cafe there when we were doing some work and we sort of talked about all manner of things and trade period was on at the, that time and – I said to him, well, what happens now? Are you going to have a break or what? And he just sort of looked at me and laughed and smiled and said, I'm off to the asylum. (laughs) 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 And he just had that big granddad smile on his face and he just chuffed off. But I'm like, (laughs) behind the the joke and the smile, you're like, it did cut him. Like, obviously it cut him. He's a, Mm. he was a, one kick away from being a grand final, a premiership coach, you know, and yes. And he laughed it off, but I know that it cut him. So, uh, and it's one of those things where I someone said this to me. Uh, I, actually, this was the a philosopher I love, Pete Rollins. A little while ago, I was listening to him, and he was talking about the power of love in terms of a philosoph- philosophical approach. And he said the amazing thing about love is when you find love in your life, it doesn't just redeem the. I've gone philosophical. Bear with me, everyone. But he said it doesn't just redeem the present and the future, but it also weirdly redeems the past. Because yeah. the past becomes like oh, you happy because it led you to that person or that relationship or that love. And similarly, I think a premiership doesn't just redeem the present and the future, but it redeems the past. You know, if, if next the end of next season, if Fags holds the, the cup up there with, with uh, Harris and Lockie, I kind of feel like all of this gets redeemed as this sort totally. of step to the story. You totally. Know? And if it if it never if we don't win the flag with this group and, and Fag steps down, it never gets redeemed and he'll be probably in the nursing home at eighty five saying, Ursula, I was close once. That's right. <laughs> May, maybe this loss becomes even more painful. Yes, that's it. Because you know that's, that's as close as you got and that you never quite achieved ultimately what you were chasing. Well, look at Geelong. After Geelong, you know, had so many years in it there and about and then twenty twenty happened and they they really barred Dustin Martin going nuts. They could have won mm. that grand final, Geelong. 
And and our last year, the joy they had, the pressure released, it, it redeemed the whole thing. Everything yep. was washed clean. Everything was made new again. And so I do think there is something in that for, from a Lions point of view that uh, hopefully the story goes the way we're hoping and, and this all gets sort of um, a nice gloss over it in hindsight. And you wonder whether there's not a saying as such, but if you could get one premiership, you'd be some fan bases. If you got one, you'd be prepared for five years of misery afterwards. You just yeah. want that one yes, until yes. the five years of misery <laughs> comes and then you're hating life again. But, <laughs> but Geelong fans would be – they got back there. They won last year. They missed the finals this yeah, year. Yeah. Probably don't care. Nah. They've got that premiership to reflect on um, for well, 2022. I think it's also that it, it feels like it sort of franks the group and the coach. Yep. And so there's an element, once you've won one, you're in the history books. Anything else is awesome and you want to keep doing yep. well, but it does feel a bit like the legacy is secured. You win a premiership, legacy secured, and yeah, you can do more and hopefully you, you are able to do more, but the legacy is secured regardless of what happens. Totally. Because this is the story, right? If, if we win it next year and then Chris Fagan steps down in three or four years' time, the headlines are premiership coach Chris Fagan leaves the Lions. If, if he steps down in three or four years and we haven't won one, the headlines are so close but so far and yep. the, the elusive premiership that always evaded him and his Lions. <laughs> you know, the narrative is so different on a couple of kicks. And it solidifies the reputation of the entire playing group that plays on grand final day. You think about maybe in three years' time if, uh, you know, fingers crossed this doesn't happen, but Mm. maybe Cam Rayner gets to free agency and and decides he wants to go to Victoria and play for Essendon or someone. It's premiership player Cam Rayner or premiership player Darcy Wilmot or someone. Well, Jack Ginneman. Jack Ginneman. We saw that with him, right? Billy Frampton's now premiership player. And that scene, it does add a bit of gloss. It does. Yeah. It hangs with you. It's like, They've had exposure to something that f- so few players have had. Mm. They know like, okay, not every player has the same impact on grand final day, but they know what that group went through and they yes. know how that coach got them there and how their yeah. leaders led them there. And they've got all this like IP that the 17 other clubs don't have for that year. Do, do you know, Mark, I can just imagine our listeners right now screaming at the podcast going, why are you Shut opening up? this wound again? <laughs> We've just started to move forward and think about the summer ahead and next year, and now you're going back to the grand final too soon. And it probably is too soon, so I apologise for that. But uh, what can I say? It's the first milestone. Don loves you- anniversaries. I do, yes. One month. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to go every month, trust us. I'll shut him down no, quickly will, if we go will. two months and what, three months. Okay, I'll give you a happier anniversary, Mike. Sitting here with you on October the 30th. I, I thought about this did yesterday. You? I did. did. You? I did. Well, it's taking me back to the first meeting of the new Raw Deal, which was me and you here in this this garage last year. The studio Fif- wasn't built 52 then. 52 weeks ago. 52 weeks ago. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Halloween it was um, last year that, that James North came and joined us. And we dreamed up what was possible. We had none of this equipment really yet. We didn't have the... Uh, any of the the paraphernalia I put around. We didn't have your band cliches on the wall. None of that was set up yet. And uh, and at that point, we really didn't know what any of this was going to be um, or, the, or the journey that, that lay ahead. We didn't know we'd be doing live podcasts. Mm. Didn't know we'd have Brownie and Ash in a packed pub in Fitzroy. <laughs> didn't know that Lee Matthew, I mean, that was the day I said, we should get Lee in here. And yep. you said, good luck with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did. <laughs> but it happened. So it, it's interesting to think about this. This sort of is the one year anniversary of the new raw deal for, you know, from a listener point of view, you didn't get it till January. But from us, this sort of does feel like a year on. And I've got to say, in, in our what decade of doing various sort of podcasts, just infinitely, uh, such a uh, incomparably more enjoyable journey. And we loved the old stuff. Mm. But this last year has been a different beast altogether. 
by so far. Yeah, I know. By I know. So, and that's, yeah, that's not to have a shot at any other iteration no. we've done because, mm. because as you mentioned five minutes ago, they all helped us get to this point. Yes. If yeah. we didn't go through all those different yes. versions and iterations, we wouldn't have ever considered going out on our own and doing this. So, yeah. I always appreciate the journey and the different mm. steps that get you somewhere. And, but yeah, it's ex- obviously it's exceeded my expectations this year. And I think, for both of us, I don't want to speak on your behalf, mate, but it's certainly, mm. I hoped it would be a lot of fun yeah. and it's delivered plus some yes. this year. Well, um, and I do, we've built a community. We have, and, yep. And we, and we are so grateful to be a part yep. of it. Like that's what I think I kept feeling at the live events with the tweets people send after games, um, with people that come up to say hello in that 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 packed Royal Derby in, in mm. Fitzroy on that Thursday afternoon and the Saturday morning before the game. It just it feels like we've come together in a pretty awesome and uh, and comprehensive way and and for everyone who's been on this journey with us in the past year from those who about a year ago sent messages saying mm. don't wrap up the pod keep it going and all that, that that convinced us to keep going it's just um it's another sign of what's possible in life when you know when you, you meet people in a place of common passion and common love I think so it's been pretty awesome yeah that that is a you're right it's a much better anniversary to think of I know than, uh, this is <laughs> tw- twelve well, months and look this is just as I said it's the end of season one you know yep. coming up when we get to early December and do our last episode for the year that's the end of season one season two yep. you got to stay on a cliffhanger. You know, that's yep. that's how you get back for the for season two, you know? And so season two is the premiership. And that's yeah. uh sorry, <laughs> let me rephrase the first premiership. Yeah, it's <laughs> the first premiership. Um well Mike, there's a, a bit to chat through. Uh we've got a lot of questions that have come through, including an article that has just been tweeted to me by former ABC Brisbane host Spencer Housen, uh now four BC host, um, about a potential bid to host replacement games when the Gabba is not available in Mackay. So I'll run you through that if you haven't seen that news story around yet and what Mackay's thinking shortly. Do you, do you fancy a trip to Mackay? You've been there before? I have. I've been I actually been up there twice for footy. Okay. Uh, once I went up there for a preseason game between Brisbane and St Kilda that got washed out. Oh, that's So it I didn't actually that. happen. Yeah. So that was yeah. good. I went up on the plane, got off it in the wet and then jumped back on it about six hours later in <laughs> the wet. I remember that day. Yes. That was good. Uh, and, I, and also <laughs> went up there for a preseason game. I reckon... Oh, I can't even tell you who was playing. It must have been a great game. I think it was <laughs> – I feel like it was Gold Coast and Essendon. And I remember seeing Chris Fagan and a couple of Lions staff. It was Chris Fag- – I reckon it was 2017. Mm. And I remember seeing Chris Fagan, Ben Hudson, and a few Lions coaches going up there because they had Gold Coast round one and Essendon round two, I reckon, from memory, or round three. They had them both very early in the season. So mm. been up there twice for footy. There was a half a chance I was going to go up this week, actually. Um, really? To cover Gold Coast and – Essendon that yeah, play on right. Friday night at Mackay at Great Barrier Reef Arena or Oval, sorry, Great Barrier Reef. <laughs> I can tell you. the field is. Reserve? Uh, reserve. Because I have the story up here. I think it's Reserve. Okay, Great I'm, Barrier Reef Reserve, I think. It, it, it's Arena. So Arena? <laughs> oh, my God. I got it right the first time. You idiot. <laughs> um, yeah, so close. There was half a chance, but it didn't It didn't quite pan out. But, uh, yeah, I've been there a couple of times. So. Mm. Long, long way to go for a game for, for Brisbane, but anyway, we'll, we'll get to that later. People are being complaining about commuting from uh, the Gold Coast, <laughs> you know, down to the Gold Coast. Yep. What about Mackay, hey? We'll talk about that uh, when we get a little bit later on. We've got to start with what happened uh, on Saturday afternoon in well, the AFL. What did happen? Have you got any answers? Uh, no. <laughs> I was hoping you, you have them for me, Mike, because I, this was um, – look, in any in any context, this would have been a, a bit of a stunning result, what, what happened to the, the, the Lions women. With a million dollars on the line and and not just that, take that out of it. With the top four mm. securing spot on the line, 
it, it was kind of bizarre. It, it, it felt like one of those days, almost like you cursed or something. Like, yeah. how could this be happening here and now? And I think it does show um, – we kept speaking through the men's season, I think, about um, about how they play best when there's something on the line, when there's incentive, when the stakes are high. And and I think that was true for the men this year, that that sort of stayed true the whole way through. Every game where there were significant stakes, they did seem to kind of really show up. Whereas the women, it, it feels almost – now, I don't want to join the, the bandwagon and say this, but it felt a little bit like was the – the Crows game, the grand final the week before, like what was the, what happened emotionally to the group between, you know, that game and the next to sort of fall over so much? Well, it's probably a fair conclusion to draw because the Crows are clearly a premiership favourite. Adelaide and Melbourne, I think, have just separated themselves fairly from the rest of the competition. Mm. And Brisbane played so well that day against Adelaide. And I know it was at home and we're talking about home versus away, but home hasn't been home for Brisbane. It's been a hard place to win Brighton Homes Arena. So yes, it's not like yeah. the it's not like it's this fortress like the Gabba is for the men. No. So they did a very good job to beat Adelaide there. You can only assume that there was some sort of emotional drop off. I did think that match against St Kilda was going to be tricky. Obviously I deal with the Suns a lot as well and they're they're very invested in uh, of course, they're invested in the season, but they're, they've got their teeth right into this season now, Gold Coast. They've actually got a chance to jump Brisbane mm. into the top four this weekend, depending on results. But I did say to a couple of their guys, I do have a feeling that St Kilda's going to make this awkward for Brisbane. I thought Brisbane was going to win, don't get me wrong. But I, I had a feeling it might be a little bit like the Hawthorne game from a, a month earlier where sure. Sure. Hawthorne got out, kicked the, got a goal or two in front, and then Brisbane sort of overran them because, because Brisbane's a a better team. Mm. Now, I didn't realise at the time that Cathy Spark would not play, that Sophie Conway was a laid out. So, they're two big withdrawals. Probably not significant enough. For, I mean, they are significant, they but you are shouldn't sig- They're lose significant players, but no, it shouldn't have been the difference. Two players shouldn't be enough is what I mean. No, that's Losing that's two right. players shouldn't be enough to have it's, that result. No, not the difference. And I think what made it so stunning is that I, I think that that's probably, I don't think it's a stretch to say it's probably their worst performance in Four years? Yeah, yeah. I was Five looking seasons. through that and I think like, that's about right. Yes. I mean, looking every the time they've, they've lost in the last three years, it's been by a kick. Yeah. It's, inc- it's amazing. And that's yeah. a real credit to Craig Starsevich and Bree Conan and all the players and before Bree, mm. the captain, Emma Zilke, the captain before that. Like Credit to, the, to that entire team from top to bottom because they've lost two games this year before the weekend by less than a kick. They lost the grand final last year by a kick. Mm. I think they lost to Adelaide at the start of season six by four or five goals. But that's Adelaide in Adelaide. Kate Lutkins did a knee in the first quarter. Like there was, that was still a creditable enough performance. But this was just so out of whack, mm. so out of character. And it's funny, Craig Starsevich's sort of, I mean, he didn't hint at it. He said it about a month ago. He said there's a gap to the top teams. Yeah. And he put it on the record that Adelaide, he, and he said Adelaide, oh, I don't know if he said or I asked him later off the record, on the, re- <laughs> on the record now, but Adelaide, Melbourne and North, had, yes. had there was a gap from them to Brisbane. And I thought at the time, he's not just saying this to be Mr. Underdog. No. That's not how he rolls. Like that's because that's what he believes. And I thought, yeah, I can see where you're coming from here. Like they've Brisbane had lost uh, Emily Bates and Greta Bodie. 
that would have rubbed it in. They both played awesome on Sunday. Mm. Greta Bodie, what a game. Greta Bodie, four, four goals. goals. And wow. Batey was terrific again. I think she had about 20 and 10 tackles and a bunch of clearances and intercept possessions. and what, Like, she had a great game. And Jessie Wardlaw, yeah. who played yeah. her, her best game in St Kilda Colours against Brisbane. So... Losing those three, losing Kate Lutkins, who had a baby recently, a couple of weeks ago. So congrats to Kate. Losing those four players and then Spark and Conway are out. There's just a lot of youth now that are having to step up and play mm. big, big roles. We saw Bella Smith get a debut on the weekend. Poppy Bolts has played a, a lot this year. Uh, Charlie Mullins, who has been named uh, the rising star for this week, has played a prominent role this year. And there's a bunch of others that I've surely forgotten but yeah there's a, a lot of younger players playing more prominent roles and i guess they've you can't say they've papered over the cracks but they've done well to hold up but boy that was a that was a poor performance on the weekend they belted everywhere a little bit of ill discipline mm. 100 meter free kick at the start of the fourth quarter which really was the nail in the coffin uh the, i think they lost the free kick count 23 to 15 or 23 to 16 so just some stuff that I think Craig Starsevich would not would not be pleased with, despite the missing some key personnel. Yeah, look, it, and it's probably an, a disappointing thing about it, obviously, as well, is that I think after the Crows win, we all did start to dream maybe this group Absolutely. does have a flag yep. in them this year. Uh, that was a phenomenal effort against yep. the Crows. And, and um, you know, after how much this list has yet again been sort of um, pillared, it, it did feel pretty exciting to, to mm. think we could be in the running. After the weekend, it's hard to see a path to, to, you know, I mean, we'll see. Look, they've got the perfect chance against Melbourne to bounce yep. back if they can and, and secure, you know, themselves in the top four and whatever else and go on for a flag run. But it didn't feel this close to the finals. It's not the sort of performance you'd want to be putting in. And um, in saying that, we've said this about the men last year with that Demons game in round 23, and then they went on an awesome finals yep. run. So but, you but don't but make anything absolute. We did, we did see that, Dom, and yeah. Absolutely right, and you can get on a run, mm. but it did still expose the deficiencies in the way the yes. men played last year because they got yes. to preliminary final and they were clearly a class below Geelong. Yeah, they did ama true. amazing to get to the preliminary final, mind mm. you. I'm not discrediting the two finals before that at all, but that late performance, and we'd seen that second half of the season with the men. But I'm with you. The Adelaide performance did give us hope, I think, mm. and that hope's still probably there. You I walked away from Adelaide thinking, you know what? If Brisbane does play their best, they are still a chance here. Like they're they're a fighting chance to to p pinch another premiership. They're probably not quite as good as those top couple, but they're not far off. And you know what? They the teams above them, Brisbane has beaten North Melbourne and they've beaten Adelaide. Now, yes. if they come out on Saturday night and yeah, true. cause an upset and beat Melbourne, they'll have beaten the three teams above them, which would be an incredible effort, mm. like really, that'd be incredible. And you'd walk into the finals with a whole lot of confidence, thinking that you could probably beat anyone. So mm. things can change quick. I am, I haven't quite settled on exactly what I'll write this week, but keep. I do want to write something about how they can or how I think they can get themselves. It sounds silly to say back into premiership contention. They're still sitting fourth at the moment and they've beaten good teams this year, but mm. – so I'm not quite sure how I'll frame it, but yeah, like just the little areas that they can probably work around to, to really genuinely give themselves another opportunity. Here's the question about the McClellan trophy and the million dollars gone begging. Do you think Greg Swan had a document on his computer called plans for the million dollars or the half? So he got, they get half, half a million. million yep. So plans for the half a million dollars that he'd started dreaming about and noting some ideas down in and, 
And uh, and if so, how quickly on Saturday did that move to the recycle bin? <laughs> I reckon he would have thought you'd have to think about it, wouldn't yeah, you? What would. could we do with this half mil? Yep. Yeah, I, I don't. I wouldn't have a clue what they do with it. Probably, mar- it's marketing money or something. Pretty or- big stuff. Christmas party. Yeah. <laughs> what, what could you do with half a mil? I don't know. What's the best? Actually, there's a fun tangent. What's the best stuff Christmas party you've been to? You've been to any crackers over the years? Because I reckon I've had. Uh, they're all sort of, mate. They're all. I mean, not they're all. They're all a little bit same, same. But with AFL, when I've the occasional ones I've been to, the AFL mm. for for my department, which is yeah, the um, AFL media, like we've. You go down, you go to some uh, restaurant, or well, I guess it's a restaurant. You'll go to some restaurant. Function pe- room. Function, yep. people drink, have people drink, people eat, whatever, and party. And yeah, it's all a bit same. And I'm not a massive party animal. I'm not a, I'm not a big drinker. I'm a social drinker. I'll have a couple mm. of drinks to be social and that's, a, that's about it for me. So I might not get right into the festivities. And there's been nothing left to field. Even my previous jobs, it's not like there's Surely been any you could use Marvel ones. Stadium. You own it, AFL. Do something yeah, epic the, in Marvel Stadium. The AFL does, but the our little department is just a subsidiary of it, like a little yeah, – we're, right, we're okay. a little afterthought tangent part <laughs> sure. of the AFL. So. Okay. So you don't get invited to the big AFL Christmas party? No. No. Okay. no that, I'd no. love to see what that's like, what Andrew Dillon's organising now. Because <laughs> <laughs> you'd think they'd have to have a pretty big one, a pretty epic one. Yeah, I think though I did go to a – the Monday after the grand final, I stayed in Melbourne for a couple of days – after the grand final and we had so the pc term well it's actually not the pc it's, it's just legitimately what afl calls it it's called pleasant monday <laughs> <laughs> that's legitimately what it's called so that that's the entire afl <laughs> i like that so Great. it's all responsible dom yep. responsible so that was just you hot. don't have executives rocking up in costumes no <laughs> no that was just basically booking out a pub in somewhere in south melbourne and okay. um just going for go for your life. There's just food coming out all the time. That was from that was like a lunch mm. until I'm probably giving away trade secrets here. So <laughs> that was a, a there's like you you can't take um, videos or photos or okay. none of that sort of stuff. And that no one wants anything getting out to the outside world, which is all totally understandable. But it's all pretty. That's all pretty responsible. I'm sure people kick on and party on. But have you have um, you had a one on one chat with Andrew Dillon before? Nope. Okay. No, no. Shame he didn't go to Travis Auld because you would have with him over the years, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, yeah quite, a, a connection. quite a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Tra- yeah I, know, I, know, I'm, I wouldn't say I know Travis. Oh, it's not like me and Travis are mates or anything, but yeah, he we know each other. So I had an, I've had one memory with Travis Auld. Uh, this is the year I worked at Heritage Bank Stadium. I was just out of high school. I, 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 I love it. I love it, Domit. <laughs> Domit Metricon as it was then, Heritage was. Bank as it is now. I, well, I love hearing this. It was a, this was their first year, wasn't it? 2011? Was, it was. And I at the start of that year, I took a part-time job at Coles, which lasted three and a half weeks. wasn't for me, the checkouts, Mike. Uh, it's a hard life. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, I was looking for other casual jobs. I reckon jobs. you'd be all right on checkouts, though. I probably could do it now. You're so positive and like <laughs> no one's positive. So after, no one's positive after eight hours on checkouts, Mike. Yeah, fair, I don't think. Fair, fair. But I, d- I was looking for other part-time jobs and um, I saw that they were – doing a mat because they had to hire a whole new star force, right? It was a new stadium, new club. And so I applied for it. I, I didn't have my license yet. So my lovely mum, Judy, was driving me to the coast for casual shifts at Metric on Stadium. One of the, one of the all-time heroes. I think she had a friend down the coast who she'd see or, you know, spend some time at Pack Fair, see a movie, but she was a legend. I haven't thanked her enough for that year, actually. Nah. That was pretty special from her is doing it for her 17-year-old son. But 
Uh, I'd go down there and I used to stand out the front with a microphone and say the whole, welcome to Metricon Stadium, you know, that sort of thing. I wonder, um, I wonder, as the usher. I wonder if I ever saw you and thought, who's that clown? <laughs> <laughs> you almost certainly would have. I remember, I, I, I've probably told you this, but I tried jokes out occasionally as a little, little 17-year-old me with a high-pitched voice, <laughs> higher than this at least. One of them was, we are playing Collingwood tonight, ladies and gentlemen, so please keep a close eye on your belongings because <laughs> Collingwood supporters are in the house. And I do, and I was, it was, this wasn't like the match day I'm seeing I did at the Lions years yeah. on. This was like the spruker out the front. This just out the front. Get your tickets ready, you yeah. know, make sure your bags are open to be. Yeah. It was just the thing that's now replaced by a recorded voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was yeah. what I did back then. <laughs> And uh, and anyway, I got an occasional. I love that you've had the stare. gumption to try gags as a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, year I know. Old. I don't know how I found so that. That's so good. There's yeah. an element of naive yeah, youth, yeah, isn't yeah. there? Yep. You give things a shot. But anyway, what I remember is they gave us a big tour of the stadium just before it opened. That renovations had just finished, and um, they got the staff of 150, 200 or so of us in there for a big, you know, welcome to the stadium. Here's your tour. And Travis sort of spoke to us all and, and gave us the the tour there. And uh, and I remember we were like milling around afterwards and. This won't surprise you at all. Confident Dom Faye uh, at 17. Thought, I'll go up and say hi to Travis Ald. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. So, you know, little 17-year-old me wanders over. Took, and, uh, took me like three years in my current role to get a one-on-one -on -one interview with him, by the way. <laughs> well, this, this was your mistake, Mike. You had to go undercover as a Metricon Stadium employee. But I wander over because I am a big diehard footy fan and I, I've known that he's been appointed to this new role. Well, he, he wasn't CEO, was he? Was he CEO? Yeah, yep. yep, that's yep, CEO. CEO. So he's leading the club and I know this is a big, big thing for, for Travis. So I go up and I stick my hand out for a handshake and I go, Trav lo lovely to meet you, Travis. And he totally smokes me. Doesn't shake my hand. Yeah, did, doesn't shake my hand. So, he, so just to clarify, he yep. saw you. Saw me, looked me in the eye, doesn't shake my hand and says, sorry, mate, I'm busy and walks off the other direction. And Travis I was like, Whoa, old. I know, I know. That's so terrible. It was terrible. It was terrible. And it stuck with me ever since. I do remember, though, leaving a game one night and he was walking out of the stadium as well. And he looked at me, put his thumb up and said, good work tonight, mate. And I thought, I'm oh, <laughs> sure you know exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Appreciate all of it there. So, oh, really, you remember me. Going back home, in a sense, Mike, I'm going to Heritage Bank on Saturday night for the Paul McCartney concert. Oh, which, uh, awesome. Fun. So, yes, I'll be uh, back back where it all began, not spooking this time. Although, maybe oh. for old time's sake, I'll stand out the front of the gate and. Could you throw a <laughs> gag about Paul McCartney out <laughs> there somehow? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I could fit one in there. Um, but, yeah, look, it, I mean, I think this all came from the idea of the Christmas party and what they could spend the money on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I will say, when I worked at. Um, at another radio station. You'd have a good one. Surely radio, I feel like radio yeah. stations would be a lot more liberal than yep. maybe the companies that I've worked at. Certainly back in the day, uh, back in the day being five years ago. <laughs> 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 uh, I think post-COVID they've tightened a little bit, but the station I was working at when I was at, um, at B105 before I joined um, the KISS Network where I'm at now, they once for their big Christmas party, I think it was 2014, they hired out Boggo Road Jail <laughs> and uh, and they gave everyone like an orange inmate shirt with sort of a number on it. They had a band playing ghost tours, food and drink, and you were sort of in the jail for the, for the night. It was that was a pretty cool. Sort That's of, quite cool. That was that was the best one I think. The, the other one, which was quite funny, and I've never shared this story publicly, so I hope this is fine. But at the end of 2016, my co-host Zach and I, he might kill me for sharing this. We were negotiating to get our first full time show salary at that point. And the company kept doing the classic entertainment industry thing of we've got no money, got no funds. Sorry, guys, <laughs> this is the best we can offer. And what they had offered, let's just say fair work wouldn't consider it a full-time salary. <laughs> like, it was not good. Um, and anyway, so they said no money, no money, no money. Then we go to the Christmas party. They've hired out an Oh, I, lo I love where this is going. 
<laughs> they've hired out a private aircraft hangar at Archerfield Airport, <laughs> right? Now we walk in. There are women on stilts walking around, handing out drinks and whatever. And then the 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 real highlight of the night: a private jet taxis into the hangar. <laughs> the door sort of slides open with a smoke machine and an Elvis impersonator gets off and starts singing songs. And at that point, Zach turned to me and said, I can see why they have no money. Yep. <laughs> and we brought that up with our big boss in the next negotiations. She almost doubled the salary <laughs> to a slightly livable rate at that point. They doubled it to minimum wage. And when well I done. say doubled, you go, whoa, no, no, no. When I say doubled, it was still very, very modest. But but that was probably, th- those ones are the most memorable. You reckon Elvis had taken some of your money? I think he might have. Yeah. I think he might have. So anyway, we should uh, figure out what we'll do for the, you and I for the, and James for the raw deal Christmas party. I know, we haven't thought about that yet, okay. have we? We'll have to get to that. But it is, I mean, going back, on topic here and look it is if there's any time of year um, that you, you can sort of ramble it is uh, before the AFLW finals start and then probably early next year um, we'll be business uh, minded again in a moment but it, it is quite seriously probably a pretty significant hit to the club because you would st- I mean the grand final they win that and I think you get a significant bonus mm. as a club for winning an, a men's grand final and then this comes around and they miss this chance as well I mean, there would be a bunch of programs, ideas, initiatives just sitting there that almost got the green light that we'll probably never hear about now. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it's not money they've lost because they didn't have it, but mm. you're getting pretty close. You're yeah. down to two games to go thinking, gee, two wins and the money's yes. ours. If you're the club, that's what you're thinking. So, 100%. And you, I mean, realistically, you're thinking, hey, we're going to get through St Kilda. Mm. It's going to come down to this match against Melbourne. It's <laughs> probably, to be fair, what I thought and it's probably what most people thought and it's not to discredit another team, but you're just expecting that Brisbane being a professional outfit that they are would have got the job done. So, yeah, you, you, you'd have a right if you're the higher-ups at the club like Greg Swan to start thinking, what could we do with that 500? Completely. So, yeah, you know, that's not there now. So, like you touched on at the very start of this, the bigger thing for the women now is that top four spot. Yes. yes they lose massively. this weekend. Well, they're not a top four. They're playing elimination finals, and that's just such a long road mm. to go from there. If they, but if they win this week, the difference between a win and a loss is just such a big chasm. Mm. They win, they're probably still going to finish fourth. It would mean a trip week one most likely to Adelaide because it would mean Melbourne would finish second. Uh, Brisbane would go to there, go to Adelaide with confidence, thinking they could win. They've beaten all of the other teams in the top four. They've got their confidence back. They've beaten Melbourne in the final round. Instead, they lose. They're playing an elimination final against a team that's probably come in with some momentum having made the yes, finals. Yeah. It's just a complete, it just flips things on its head. So this Saturday night is enormous. Now it's, it hasn't got the price tag, the million dollars and the 250 specifically for the women mm. that the match might've had if they had have won at the weekend, but there's so much to gain out of this weekend. They'll get Kathy Spark back. They'll hopefully get Sophie Conway. Not so sure about Sophie. She'll have to prove her fitness during the week. But, And I think there's a lot of girls that would have had maybe, I'm not sure if you'd say their ego dented on the weekend. Mm. Or, or collectively, certainly, I think the group would have had their, their ego dented because you just don't associate performances like that with this, no. with this Brisbane team. So if their pride's been pricked, well, let's, let's see what, Let's see what it does. And and on top of that, um, the memories would be relatively fresh of, you know, late last year, Brighton Homes Arena for the very first time. I mean, it was this time last year. We're starting. We think, can they get it ready in time if mm. they need it? If they need it, will it be able to get there? 
And then, uh, you know, we have the grand opening only for a, a heartbreaker loss of its own um, for the women in, the, in that game. So you'd think on Saturday night, uh, hearing the Demons song as they run yep. out on that, that field again, if you're one of the lines, you know, you, you'd have to be in the back of your mind feeling like we need to make up for that. Totally. What does it really mean? Yeah. And to be honest, like the Lions women <clears throat> haven't, because they've been such a consistent, incredible outfit, they haven't really faced, and I'm not saying this is adversity, they're coming fourth and mm. they've won six games and lost three, but they haven't had to face a lot of adversity. No. Like they lost a grand final by a couple of points. They lost a preliminary final the year before by a couple of points. Like um, They won the grand final the season before that. Like They've always been around the mark, but there's a little bit of adversity this time. Yeah, they are facing a team that, beat them on their home deck in a grand final. Now they're a chance of tumbling out of the top four for the first time in four or five seasons. So there's a there's a little bit of, I feel like there's a little bit of backs against the wall this weekend. So it'll be really nice to see what it means mm. to the group at large and, and how they respond as a team because, yeah, it's a, there's, a, there's a hell of a difference between a win and a loss this weekend. Uh, Mike, before we get to some questions and a couple of other po quick points, what was your first casual job? Because I've just realised that yeah. Coles was, I think, I did do a brief newspaper round when I was in, you know, maybe year eight or year nine, but really Coles and then Metricon were my first two. I wasn't a massive, uh, oh, I can't say I was a massive worker actually, Dom. Okay, right, right. <laughs> no, I did some like uh, some cash in hand landscaping. That was probably my first, yeah, late, late high school, early university. There you go. That was just through a... Uh, Let's just say it was through a mate. Yeah. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds super dodgy. It doesn't That's it? not meant to sound as dodgy. Were you uh, working not, for the Carlton Football Club at the time, <laughs> brown paper bag payments? <laughs> That's it. What was going on there, Mike? <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. It was a little bit of <laughs> little bit of cash in hand for the for an old battling uh for go. a battling student. So there that, we go. That was where I well, started. Well, and if mate. the police have any questions about that story, <laughs> don't, ask don't me. dig. No. Don't dig any further, please. Because um, I look I'm a sort of a I mean you can look at me, Doc. I'm a manual labor type of character, aren't <laughs> well, I? Like, really? Like of this show, Mike, absolutely but, you are. <laughs> That is not saying much. <laughs> oh, come on. No, Ouch. I mean, that savage. Is, that's a shot at myself, mate. Both I am, of us. As in, I am. Look, we're in it together, and that's what matters. We, we, we know you got to know your strengths in this life, and you've got to go know your weaknesses. Mate, my strength is not manual labor, I can promise you. <laughs> Pasty white skin, which is now red and gross. And uh, <laughs> maybe, no. I, maybe I did that for a little bit too long when I was a bit younger. I should have maybe scrapped it a bit earlier, but. Well, maybe if you've got a bit of time handy. off over the summer, do you want to do some landscaping? If people have a project, <laughs> yeah. that's the real. That's the next level of the Patreon Literally, support. Literally, I've got n I've got no skills. You just have to tell me to dig or wheelbarrow stuff, or t I can do that's all. The, I can do the labour stuff okay. But if there's yeah. any skill involved, mm. uh, any sort of handyman or skill or anything clever or technical i am no good and if anyone needs but i'm a hard worker if someone needs somebody to spruik at the front of their event contact me and we can both go back to our early jobs mike unfortunately unlike you i'm not a hard worker so <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say i'm that. a hard physical worker like sure. i'm you know if you want to i'll wheelbarrow a hundred times or whatever, like you know <laughs> five cubic meters of dirt or whatever like if you want to wheelbarrow okay. stuff that's fine well patreon supporters get in touch mike's offering there oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, well uh, a couple of quick points mike uh we've been talking a bit about putting together a best 22 all-time Brisbane Lions merged team from 96 or 97 onwards. 
um, basically to, to see who from the premiership era gets in, um, who from the current group gets in. Does anyone in the middle years get in is the, the question. Um, we're thinking we're going to have that on the show next week. So yeah. we're both This is not something I want to – language no. warning. It's not something I want to half-ass. No, so no, no. it's something we've got to really – as you before you sit down into. to it, how many spots in the the twenty two do you reckon will be filled by a player who what who didn't win a premiership? Just gut feel. What feels about right? Oh, so from the current team or from the anything from anything the, that wasn't a premiership player? Oh, six to eight. Okay, right. That's not bad. It's pretty decent. That's a gut feel. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we'll wait and see how that unfolds uh, when we get to to next week's episode. I also wanted to share with you. I've been thinking a lot. Gee, that's like, a few, isn't it? Actually, yeah. I, know, <laughs> I was thinking. I was thinking up more around the four or five mark. Yeah, I think, but we'll I see. Might have been a bit ambitious there. We'll, we'll see, see how we go. We'll see. Um, but uh, do we have any word on the fixture likely release date? Have you had anything on this? No. No. Okay. No. Because no. it's it, I, I historically it was, it's I been this. It's week. about now. Yeah. yeah. Historically, it's been the last week of October. Last year, it was very late. We had a we had a news meeting this morning, Monday yep. morning, and there was not a thing mentioned at that. And often, we will get a little bit of a, hey, we're expecting this to come out this week or we're expecting sure. it. It was not mentioned. Now, that's not to say it won't happen this week, but- Well, I can tell you looking at the calendar and the news from last year, it was the 10th of December last year we got it. So, I, I knew last year's was quite So do I, because I remember thinking how ridiculous it was. Yeah. Is that now standard practice, the 10th of December, do you reckon? Is that what they're just I, rolling I don't, with? I don't feel that, okay. but, uh, but, but maybe it is. Yeah, interesting. We'll wait and see on that front. But at any rate, I know in the immediate aftermath of the grand final, I got a lot of angry tweets, Mike, about my Melbourne hoodoo. People are yeah. saying, what are you going to do about this next year? Now, I I've thought a lot about this and I've come up with a plan and it's a pretty heavy plan, to be honest, Mike. I am going to give myself three chances. Oh, I was just going to say, you're just going to book tickets to all of them, are you? Uh, close to going. the mark. Yeah. I'm going to pick three games in Melbourne. I don't know which ones yet, but I'm going to book just to one initially. And then if I, we don't win that one, a second. If now, we don't win that one, a third. Are you going to try and be strategic about the opponents? I, I might be, but I picked Hawthorne this year. That's I true. I thought that was as strategic as you could get. Yeah, yep. this I is mean, a slam dunk. This, you would think so, right? So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a promise to you now on October the 30th. If I strike out three times and we make the grand final, I won't go. Oh, my God. That is <laughs> – just be careful, mate. Just be careful. <laughs> Did I say that? It's a good point. You can renege on this. I'll give you. You've, <laughs> there's a lot. There's like well, a, you've got a one week sort of period here. To gra you've got a oh, grace period. Mike, you can if, you can renege on that in a week's time if you like. Okay, if I see three losses in Melbourne next year, that'll take my tally to almost twenty <laughs> without a win in Melbourne. Okay, and and I don't think I could bear to be the re reason we lost another great. I mean, I know I'm not. I, well. No, I don't know that I'm not. Here's the thing. <laughs> this is the thing about superstition. Most level-headed people realise that superstition is like 99.9.9999% unlikely. But there is that tiniest sliver in your mind that says maybe something about this has legs. Maybe. I don't know. how. Do you know how the universe works? I don't. It's no. a mystery, right? These things are bizarre. They're mysteries. Maybe this is part of it. I'm going to – I say this now and I probably won't, so mm. keep me to it. I'm going to put a poll on Twitter. I should yep. put a poll on Twitter. Okay. Asking whether you should go to – something. I'm not sure how we'll frame the question, but <laughs> something around whether Dom's the responsible for Brisbane's losing whatever in Melbourne or whether he should go, well, whether he should go or not. Or See, the thing is home and away games are, are lower stakes. Of no course they are. No one's going to hate me for, if I'm the reason we lose – 
a home and away game. Now I'm not done yet. I don't. I'm no, gonna spend they the probably summer. will. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe. But I'm gonna spend the summer googling how to break a curse. I've looked into it before. If there's a potion <laughs> I need to try, <laughs> if I need to do some sort of rain dance, I don't know what it is. But I'm gonna look into breaking a curse. Too bad you're and- just going to the states. Uh, you're going to America. You, I could think of some other countries you could go to and <laughs> speak it. to some elders or some uh, <laughs> some witch doctors, something yep, like some that. Some witch doctors, yeah. Well, I'm thinking what there might be other people like me, by the way, who have a bad Melbourne loss. I know the record. There's some who've messaged us before. I would think if you're one of those people, join me on my three strikes and out policy. We can, we can meet up. We can get t-shirts made, breaking the curse, and then we can all be there for a Melbourne win together. And because imagine, Mike, imagine the second game I go down for next year, the Lions have a strong win. Let's say it's over Essendon at Marvel Stadium. Yep. We have a strong win. And that will feel like a premiership, right? A little bit. The second game. I'm just thinking, I'm just thinking if you mm. go down first time next year and lose, oh, yeah. like game one, you're gonna be you're gonna be that wound up going <laughs> into that second game. I God, I don't want to do well, this. This is, this is as bad as the grand final. <laughs> like my nerves. <laughs> here's part of my thinking. If the Lions lose three games in Melbourne next year. To be a top team, you can't lose that many more than three in a season, right? Maybe six or seven at so the So what? Most, and they right? get, they'll probably they'll probably get six in Melbourne. Yeah. So if you're losing three out of six in Melbourne, then that's that's you know you've used up half at yeah. probably most of your allotment of losses for the year. So you maybe you aren't really a premiership contender anyway. I don't know, but. One thing I am going to do... Don't tell Fags that. He wants to keep hammering that... And he's right, to be fair, <laughs> that 50% record on the road's good in world sport. And he's, pr- and he's right, but... Uh, That's true. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is two games marble, one game at the G. That's my plan. Yep. That's my thinking, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but that's... Uh, I think that way we can break the hoodoo, and I don't think if I went to three How many people year, are, uh, do you reckon trouble. listening to this? Yeah. Probably not many because it's a... Sm- relatively small sort of listener base, but, have mm. be, but are sitting in the same boat as you. Yeah. They've got a curse hanging over them. Mm. A, I've been to Melbourne, I don't know, five plus times and all I've seen is losses. I yeah. mean, yours is out of control. What are, you, what are you at, 12? No, oh, I don't, 12. I've lost count. It's, it's certainly, it's in the it's teens in, now. Okay, you're in the yeah. teens. Yeah, I mean, that is a hell of a record. So I, I wonder <laughs> how many people are sitting there going, yep, we've been five times or six times or eight. I wonder if there's many people like you. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure. Get in touch if so, and we can set up this little. It'll be like you know they used to do this with the cricket, the tour groups. Yeah, who yeah, would yeah. go together? We have a little tour group who go down together to break a curse. You won't be called the fanatics, though, will you? Or the no, whatever, no, yeah. the tragics or <laughs> the something tra- like that. Yeah. The curse. I think we're just the traveling curse. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they, maybe that's we have to dress like Dementors from Harry Potter or something. You know, we're, we're the, the curse in the stands. <laughs> they can cut to the curse. And then what happens is like Mitch Robinson at the Lions Carlton game will have like our Lions apparel on underneath the black cloaks. <laughs> if we win, we rip it off. The curse is broken. Only if you win. We party into the night. I think there's something in that. We'll see how we go for 2024 on, on that front. Uh, and uh, Mike, look, I think at this point, uh, it's probably a good time to jump to some of these questions. You can send us a question anytime uh, if you're a Patreon supporter. You can do it through Patreon or through the Patreon supporter Facebook group called The Raw Deal Members. You can also tweet it through to us. Uh, I am Dom Fay on Twitter slash X. Or if you don't have Twitter slash X, send it through on Instagram. I'm Dom Fay on there as well. Those are your many, many ways to get in touch with The Raw Deal. And uh, kicking us off this week, Mike. Alex says, I'd be interested to hear how the club intends to cover the points needed for next year's draft. 12 months away, it looks like there may be at least three highly regarded and potentially first-round bids um, with uh, Ashcroft, Marshall, and Gillette. 
Uh, it's a probably a good question, Alex. Obviously, the club still has their first rounder for next year intact at the moment. They can also trade picks in from from the following year. But yep. it's interesting because I think Will uh, Levi Ashcroft, sorry, was initially pegged a bit more of the five to ten range, whereas Will was the one to three. <laughs> yeah. But that's rapidly <laughs> it, changing. It, it is, mm. and it might change early next year too. Yep. Yeah. Like maybe he might not because of his form. Maybe two or three guys will jump him, and mm. he'll slide to five again. But. It's in, I mean, the fact that Brisbane's got its future picks is always the big thing. So yes. Yes. you're right, you you can trade futures. That top pick for Brisbane, we, we saw what Gold Coast did this year. Now, I know it was different because Gold Coast had pick five and all things being equal, Brisbane next year, their first pick might be, let's say, 15. Mm. So it's not quite the same bargaining chip, but Gold Coast turned that pick five into so much stuff. I know it's not quite the same with 15, but – you can accrue a lot more points, um, you know, by trading that, that pick out. So, and the, mm. the the future first round, the future second round, I guess I'll just have to assess that as the as next year goes on. But it's a very good, it's a it's a valid question because Levi is projected to go so high at the moment. Well, at this rate, I mean, I've only very loosely followed it all, but it does sound a little bit like um like it could end up being a, a that he could be a pick one or a pick two. Yeah, um, that's what it sounds like at the moment. Pretty remarkable. Um, thank you again, Marcus and Beck, for that. <laughs> and and, and exactly, yeah, and and yeah, the club and Dom Ambrosio in particular has to be thinking about this now, and obviously he will be thinking about this. But there is mm. a lot to unfold next year. How Levi progresses next year, how other guys in his draft class progress, where does Brisbane finish next year? Mm. Does a player get disgruntled at Brisbane and want out? and then has some trade value to bring in other picks. Like we don't know how that's going to pan out. So I'm sure there's a plan in place. I don't know what it is, but yeah. there's a lot that can change between now and then that can accrue you more points and more draft selections. Now, Alex does go on to say uh, it's worth bearing in mind we can only match one Academy bid if we finish top four, which I didn't know that was a rule. I hadn't I hadn't heard that one. Is that for the Northern Academies? Did you, were you Must across be, that yeah, one? Yeah, I'm not across that either. There we go. I, I know there were restrictions brought in for the next generation NGAs, yeah. Academies, and that was the – that you couldn't match it in the first round or something, first 20 picks, something along those lines. Um, but Or maybe even later than that. But I, I didn't know there was one for the Northern Academy. So that one slipped to my radar, Alex, and it probably shows I haven't been Same. the draft watcher, watcher I once was <laughs> in the last few years. Um, but it's an interesting one. I mean, obviously, it'd be a great problem to have. At the moment, it seems like Levi is a, a you know a top five um, prospect. Marshall and Gillette will wait and see. Um, yep. You never know how that's gonna how that's going to play out in the course of a year. Um, but we certainly do need to do our Academy episode at some stage soon, Mike, because looking at what Gold Coast have coming through as a Lions fan, it's hard not to get a little bit a little bit envious and think, what's going on? Why uh, can't we have that? Yeah, I'm I'm actually so, I'm so excited for Gold Coast because mm. I feel like I mean a big part of the reason that the Suns were brought into the competition were was to grow the game in that part of the world, right? Was to yes, capture yes. the Southeast Queensland market, that Gold Coast, they're the, it's the sixth biggest city in Australia. It sprawls a lot, obviously, the Gold Coast. And I just have heard people for so many, you know, all the all the idiots out there talking about, ah, sh- shut them down, relocate them to Tasmania. This is mm. before Tasmania looked like getting its own team. Like all this crap about closing Gold Coast down, I'm like, because the team was performing poorly on field. And I'm like, no, 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 what we're seeing right now this is the this is the major part of the reason why Gold Coast was brought. This to attract the best talent in the uh, the best sporting talent in that part of the world to mm. play our game, to play Australian rules footy. So, and we're seeing it now. 
that now, now they've had an amazing year. There looks like there's going to be four draftees coming to that club through that academy. Three probably in the top fifteen, by the sounds of it. By by me reading Cal Toomey's work, he tells us three in the top fifteen and two in the top ten, one in the top five. So I love seeing it because I feel like okay, that's such a major sign that that the move of putting Gold Coast into the competition is bearing fruit. And there's going to be a stage where Gold Coast can't keep them all. Maybe the next year there's two more. Maybe the next year after that there's two more and they just can't keep matching bids forever. Mm. And hopefully that's a problem for Brisbane one day. Yes, yes. Hasn't been – well, it has been a problem. They have decided to not keep everyone so far. Yeah, there's been a few – Noah Cumberland went. Like there's, there's, a, there's a handful of players that, have, yeah. that Brisbane have passed on. So that's good for the competition and that's part of the reason the academies exist. It is fascinating, though, to do a deep dive into why the Gold Coast Academy seems to be now booming in a way. Brisbane's probably – well, I guess you look at Andrews and Hipwood and you say that's a pretty decent – Yeah, that's a decent – it, it is, yeah. But it is interesting nonetheless that, you know, to, to look at why Brisbane isn't quite having, you know, similarly highly touted prospects coming through. And that's that's something we can delve into in the Academy chat at some point when we, yep. we are able to get an expert on there. Uh, the next uh, question comes through from, as I mentioned earlier, Spencer House and Mike, who I don't know if he's a raw deal listener, Spencer, but he follows me on Twitter. So he sent this one through when I put a solicit out for tweets. Um, Spencer mentions the news story that's just been reported uh, that Mackay are looking to host some AFL games, uh, the Lions games, while the Gab is being rebuilt. Currently, um, Great Barrier Reef Arena has an 8,000-seat capacity, but with a planned stage two, they're looking at boosting it to 13,000. Now, I would imagine, you know, just going off those numbers alone and the fact it's Mackay, they're talking about maybe one game. Yeah. Well, let's say that the RNA goes ahead. And there's a game to be played while the Ecker is on. Maybe yep. Mackay yep. could bid for that, and that's yep. not in, that's not infeasible. Um, I'm I'm curious with North Queensland, Central and North Queensland, though. That seems to have become quite a Gold Coast. It's, zone. it's Suns territory. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it is interesting. Yeah. Because I think that's the that's the interesting thing about it, right? Is that it would be a little bit like if the Suns lost Metricon playing games at Brighton Homes, almost, you know, like in Springfield, yep. which is very much Lions territory. Mackay, you mentioned that the Suns women are playing a home game there. They are. They're playing there Friday night. Right. So yep. it would be odd for what's part of the Suns. That's in their zone, I'm guessing, their academy yep. zone. So I'm not sure how that works with, um, I guess, uh, agreements between mm. Mackay and Gold Coast. Yeah. Mackay is obviously throwing money. Would be throwing money at Brisbane to pay for this game. Mm. Brisbane's not going to go up there and just play a home game out there for free yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. take the gate. Like yes. they're going to, there's going to be some money in it for them. So I'm not sure what the agreement is specifically. Whether it's uh, exclusive uh, exclusivity between Mackay and Gold Coast, or mm. whether there is a chance to bid for. I mean, that's just that's news to me, as you've told us, as you've mentioned it now. Like, I haven't heard of that. So yeah, I mean it's. Who knows? I mean, everything's on the table, but it's yeah. hard to see it. Is it? I don't know. Is it hard? Is it hard uh, to see that working or not? I would be personally. You're right in terms of the. Sorry, mate. Sorry to cut you off. You're no, right in terms of the Ecker. Like, there's maybe yeah. a, there's maybe a home game there. I, I would say personally, I'd be pretty unless it was a big financial windfall for the club. To be huge, I'd be pretty it? disappointed if they took it there rather than play one game at Metricon or sorry Heritage Bank. Or alternatively, the one that does excite me is take a home game to Melbourne. Um, yeah, and I know we've absolutely. said this before, but if you imagine a Brisbane versus, let's say Brisbane GWS at, at Marvel, because you're not going to play that at the MCG, um, or, or, or Brisbane City, but something where, so, yeah. something where Brisbane can be the home crowd, have a, you know, really, really marketed as this is the game to get down and support the Lions. 
Um, the idea of a, a home-themed Lions match in Melbourne would be pretty special, to be honest, and and I'd love to see them do that so as a possibility. I. And I just think there's a chance also there to – you could piggyback that on the back of an away game in Melbourne. And I know it's, mm. it's not uh, – it's easy for me to sit here and I don't have kids and a family and whatever, but it's – I think you could just camp down there for a week. You could do yes, a week down yes. there if you're Brisbane, couldn't you? Surely after spend a week, the two games, hubs, everyone can exactly, make that work. Exactly, two games back-to-back, back, a yeah. week in Melbourne. They yep. get to spend a couple – they get to spend some genuine time with the Melbourne fans, yep. a couple of events. Uh, I know Gold Coast, when the Commonwealth Games was on in 2018 and they – they had to take they played away from home for about 10 weeks the first 10 weeks of the season and they they played in perth two weeks in a That's row right. they had to stay yes. in perth for 10 days and yeah it's not perfect obviously like of course it's particularly guys that have got um, kids like that's that's you know necessarily be spending a week away from your kids especially if they're they're young but oh, in this instance i reckon that'd be a great idea oh and the other thing about it we are very fortunate we're one of very few clubs that have two homes. A genuine home base down in you know, Melbourne. Like the, and this is the thing about it, right, is that when you have got when you genuinely have two homes, there's an argument that really in the merger they, they should have played a game or two home game in Melbourne every year as it was, that that, that would have been a fair outcome. In, in an actual merger, not a takeover, yep. as you know, it probably became more of in, in effect towards the end, I think you would be playing some home games down in your, your home your home state, yeah, your home city. And this hasn't always been Brisbane's fault. It's been no. the AFLs in many instances. But yes. the the Melbourne supporters, the the Fitzroy faithful, the Melbourne arm of Brisbane support have been jammed for many years yeah. with the number of games being played specifically in Melbourne, not just mm. Victoria, but specifically in Melbourne. Because how many years have you seen, oh, Brisbane's got six games in Melbourne and one's in Geelong and one's in Ballarat and you know, like there, there's three or four in Melbourne. You think, yeah, that's a that's a real rough end of the stick for the yeah for well, Mel, for the Melbourne supporters. Uh, sorry, Brisbane supporters from Melbourne. And you think about if if you bought a Brisbane membership up here for eleven games, and maybe the way they work it in is you get a free ticket to the Melbourne game, the game at the G, yeah, or the yeah. game at Marvel, and then it becomes a game a lot of people travel to and. You know, imagine having 15, 20, 25,000 diehard Lions fans drowning out a Frio crowd at, yep. a, at a game in Melbourne. It would be a pretty special yeah, experience awesome. in, in a lot of ways. So, anyway, we'll see what happens on that front. Uh, Lazan says, any worries that Hugh will leave us after next year? Uh, none at all from my end. Don't think. I mean, there's always a worry until he signs. He's going to – there'll be clubs knocking on the door. Mm. Like, he's – <laughs> I mean, we know how good he is. Yeah, he's amazing. But I, uh, but Gen, I, I don't think so. No, no, I, he's staying. I think we'll know by before the end of January. I uh, think him and Kitty will be resigned before uh, the end. I, of January. I'm with you. Yeah. I think they'll be working on that now, and I, I reckon he'll. I, I think certainly before the start of the season. I, I think quite simply on that one, when you got a club that's so clearly in contention, I don't think we'll need to worry about losing players for a couple more years. Yeah, um, it's when the the decline, if it does come, and hopefully because of the the gift of the Ashcrofts, it may not. Yeah, um, but if the decline, you know, post a run does come, I think that's when you can sadly start losing a couple. But I don't, I don't think there's any need to worry at the moment. Neither do I. I think the list is in a pretty good long term spot. Mm. Like Harris is twenty. Harris is still only twenty six, I think. Yeah, I think that's yeah. your fullback forever, Jack Payne. Like you've got your key defensive posts long term. Totally. Dude's just come in, like, and then you've got McCluggage, Rayner, Bailey, like, oh, Stasevich, all of these guys that are still so buried. They're all still so young. 
So I think from a list profile, and I haven't even touched on the Ashcrofts. Like there's there's a lot of youth in that team, so there's no reason. But uh, I'm with you. I don't think it's going to be an issue for quite a few years yet. Uh, Josh says, just an apology for not listening to the pod lately, as I handled the grand final loss without an ounce of maturity. <laughs> Sorry, Josh. I'll circle I'm, back during the preseason. I'm sniggering because of our conversation at the start <laughs> I know, of the show. I know. <laughs> not at your question. Look, I'm sure there'd be a number of people like Josh who just need you know, some time out after Absolutely. To, to recover and we'll see you back when we see you back. Hey, eh? yep. uh, yeah. we'll be here doing our thing and yep. uh, we, we'll all restock over Christmas and then we'll come back for another tilt next I've year. I've told hey? anyone on this that's listened to this. I think that the this team that I follow the most in any competition anywhere in the world is the Golden State Warriors. They play mm. basketball in the NBA in America and when they've lost, so in my time following them, they've lost the, equivalent of the grand final the finals they've lost twice 2016 and 2019 i consume every bit of warriors content i can all season and it started back again a week ago and i'm frothing it already <laughs> and i'm listening to podcasts and there's games all the time there's three games a week they got any good segments we could steal those podcasts uh no they've no they don't they're very okay. much the ones i listen to are very much because, because they play three times a week yeah sure they'll, they're often they're very game specific sure. and they're, they're quite they neat. don't tell stories about working at a stadium as a 17 year old and no speaking. oh no, weird no they Odd don't call. Yeah. Yeah, I, know, they, I know they just talk about matchups yeah, and what's like, going on there yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i'm a bit the same like, after they've lost those finals i so that part of it i get i talked about yes, the start of the show yes. about dealing with things and whatever i didn't want to take in media for a while so and listen to podcasts for a while but so i, I understand where it, josh is coming from there no i think uh, i think a lot of people probably get that and we'll wait and see what uh, what happens when you're ready to join in again but as i said it's all going to be redeemed we'll all make it sweeter when it happens next year uh interestingly on that front though james also says what's the role of a sports psychologist for a football team going into a new season after a heartbreaking grand final loss we supporters are dealing with it in our own ways. How about the players? Different for every player, I guess. I would think so. Yeah. I would think so. I liked, so this is only anecdotal and what, it, but they, so the Brisbane players came back to the club after the grand final. I think it was the Wednesday they went in and did a, quite a quick uh, game recap, I guess. They did a, yep. a review of the game. And Fags actually said in that little chat that I referenced earlier in the show, actually said that, the couple of incidents they wanted to show the play the players actually knew before the incidents were shown. So they were very self-aware of the couple sure. of incidents that had gone wrong. So I didn't ask specifically on what those incidents were, but I guess a few of us would yeah. take take a guess at a couple of them. But he said the players were all very self-aware of the the moments and that was the big thing that came out of it. But as Fage said, like he said, mate, we were a kick away. Mm. <laughs> like Let's not, he said, I have seen clubs sort of, I don't think implode was the word he used, but like go off the rails by overanalyzing things after a loss like that. Mm. He said, we are one kick away from winning a grand final and winning a premiership. And he said, I think it would be silly to, to overanalyze things too much. Yeah. We've yeah. got ninety nine percent of things right. There's a couple of things we'll tinker and we'll work on that on the off season. I thought, yeah, that's a really good approach. So I don't know how every player will they'll go away and deal with it in their own way and mm. some of them will internalise it a lot and maybe overanalyse it a lot and that's how they'll deal with it. But they've got access to a psychologist at the club so I'm sure some people will, will take advantage of that and others will be able to process it and figure out how they can get better for next year and how they can help the team more next year and just get on with it. I, I also think this is 
maybe more than any other time, the, the dream time to have Chris Fagan as your coach. I, I don't think there's a coach in the competition I'd rather have after something like mm. this to keep the the narrative of the group together, to keep the spirit going. I mean, I, I feel like um, that's maybe his greatest strength in a sense as a coach is setting the narrative and and helping the spirit stay together. So I can imagine what he said already and what he'll say on day one of preseason and, and through the, the, the preseason as a whole will do everything necessary to to reset, to help the group come back together and to, to help them push on again. I think he's the perfect coach to to handle any possible mental demons in the group. And that's that's been proven by the fact they do seem to keep taking one step mm. forward. That historically, they do always take that next step forward sooner or later. He, he really I really enjoyed his perspective. And that was sort of a bit off the cuff and quote quote unquote off the record. But what mm. like it was it, I really enjoyed that perspective and I thought it was bang on. I thought let's you don't have to overanalyze this. No. That was so close. Mm. Like, and there's a few things done wrong and a, f- a few things that went wrong, but you don't have to change too much, do you? And and he has, and this is his, this is Fags' little mantra ever since he walked into the club. What's his favourite words? What's his, his growth mindset? But mm. that's the way he rolls. Like he is just looking to improve each year. And that's not that was not going to change whether they lost by four points or won by four points. If they won, he probably would be saying the same thing. Mate, we're going to come back. We're going to figure out ways to get better. There's things we can tinker with. There's ways, clearly there's ways that individuals can get better. Yep. They'll work on that and then collectively they'll try and tinker with a few things. Uh, Sophie says, with Halloween uh, approaching, by the time people hear this, it will be yeah. Halloween or it will have passed, but have you got a Lions-themed Halloween costume? <laughs> I got one. I've got a very confused look on my face there. Well, here's one, Mike. Help um, me out, Dom. Shave your head. Put a lion's guernsey on, number five on the back, and go to Wet and Wild. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. I like it. I reckon go as Fev. I mean, you could you could go. I don't know how you'd quite do the go home five, but the go home five could certainly be one that you could. Uh, yeah, you could do yep. there. Um, I reckon you could try an Angus Johnson Halloween costume. <laughs> Brutal. I'm just saying, you know, going back to he had a rough time in 2013, Angus, and I don't. I have he, he pops have a, up at the uh, time, Angus, he pops yeah. up every now and then at the uh, the best and fairest, and is he still he a supporter of the club? Yeah, but he does. Yeah, I'll always remember that um that audio of him speaking oh. at the Royal Gala or the, the I Gala was there. Auction. I remember yes. it. <laughs> the booze in the room and sack the board. Sack the board. <laughs> Someone yelled out. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So I feel like you could you could hark back to that era of the club potentially if you wanted to, or for a more recent reference, maybe you could do the Charlie Cameron thing and you know a couple of teeth missing, sort of you know after a big hit, something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. There's a couple of Halloween costumes if you had to play along with it, or just uh, bring back Bernie Gabba Vegas. I mean, how could you go about <laughs> that? Hey? Uh, Jamie says after the success of Mike broadcasting in transit for the emergency uh, the emergency Brownlow pod, complete with background noise. <laughs> That's right. Any chance of a regular where's fish segment? Think construction sites, petting zoos, monasteries, boundless possibilities. Oh, mate. Well, <laughs> so who sent that in? That's Jamie. Jamie, mate, that's not a bad idea because I am, do find myself in some unusual spots. You're about to be in Japan. I, I am mean, about to be in Japan. A so segment there we of go. Where's Fish be, in Japan could be wonderful. Yep. Well, where will I be for that show? Who knows? <laughs> I don't even know. We'll wait and Potentially see. Potentially Tokyo, but I'm not sure. And we'll wrap up with Dennis who says, can you give – oh, this goes back to you mentioning your landscaping job in high school, Mike. Uh, can you give Luke Hodges' kids a job mowing the lawn or anything for that matter to keep them hooked on the Brisbane lifestyle? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
That's a very good call there, Dennis. Uh, I did hear, you heard Hodgie comment on this the other day? No, I didn't, no. no. So Hodgie was asked on SEN, uh, you know, if, uh, I think he made some comment that Hawthorne fans always ask where his kid's going to play. And he says- how, how, Sorry, mate. How paranoid do you reckon Hawthorne fans are at the massively, moment? Massively. Oh, massively. that's what- yeah. You know what we should do? Yeah. I should never do it, but I should. It'd be great <laughs> to get Nat Edwards on our show. My yes. little, my little mate Nat Edwards, who's the <laughs> biggest, biggest Hawthorne supporter in the world. Yeah, yeah. She would be very um, emblematic. Is that the right word of all Hawthorne supporters? All right. She would be paranoid, I reckon, about yeah, yeah. whether yeah. Hodgie's kids are going to go father son or. Choose well, Brisbane as an academy option. I did hear from someone around the club, around the academy, actually, when we chatted about this earlier in the year, and they just sent a message saying, I can tell you if it's today, Cooper went, would be going to the Lions. <laughs> That's the message, apparently. So I, I just laugh. It makes me snigger because it's nice to see that this sort of falling Brisbane's way. And I know, just, I know. You could picture it the other Well, it did happen. Chris Johnson's son yep. chose Essendon. And yep. So, look, it'll be, it'll be a fascinating one. Uh, but I do think Hodgie in his comments on SEN – Basically said, it's too early. Let's see what's happening. If he's still playing good enough footy in a few yeah. years' time when he's draft eligible, then he'll have a decision to make. But let's not worry now. It is interesting, father-son versus academy. We've seen a couple of these. Nick Blakey, yep. so his dad, John, mm. was uh, he could have gone father-son to North, but Nick had been, Nick, John was an assistant under Horse Longmire for so long, so Nick yep. was in the academy. Academy... Uh, um, Sorry, Bailey Scott. I was going to yep. say Robert Scott. Robert Scott's boy. I think he had the option of three clubs. He could have gone father, son at Geelong or North or been in the Suns Academy. He was at the Suns Academy mm. and he chose to go North. So I, it's obviously a case by case basis, isn't it? And where yeah. the and ultimately where the where the boy where the player wants to play, you'd hope. So that where the clubs are at that time. Yeah, and, exactly. But here's the thing: if if you're in the academy, I know people talk about the romance of the father son situation, and I get it. I was filthy when when I think it was Lockie Johnson, Chris's son, yeah. chose Essendon. Yeah. Right? I, I totally get it. But you think about it from their point of view, um, it's something their dad did once. Or in, in the academy point of view, you know, the academy players are going along to Brighton Homes Arena, training regularly. They're around the players. Yep. Hodgie's boys would know most of the Lions That's list, right. His mates with Lockie Neal. His mates yes. with Harris Andrews. You think, he's... I'll stay up here in this place that's become home for yeah. me. I mean, he's been up here, what, five years now? Five, six years? Yeah, four, five years. So yeah. you move up at eight or nine years old. Yep. And that's like... He's mates with Will Ashcroft. No, that's what I mean. This is home now. So I, I think... I think it's going to be – if Cooper Hodge turns out to be a draft prospect and we're a couple of years off knowing whether that's likely or not, I think he's three years away from being drafted. Yep. So Yeah, was he 15 this year? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So so we're looking at the year, what, the 2026 draft. Yep. Um, so we'll know in two years probably if he's yeah. on, the, on the cards. If he's on the cards and he's a high-end prospect, like a top five, top ten prospect, this will be one of the biggest oh, talking points in footy. And if, if he chooses Brisbane <laughs> – if he chooses Brisbane, I, the, the academies will be shut down by the AFL with it all. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> we won't have heard from Jeff Kennett for three years, but he'll pop up. Oh, oh, even Eddie Maguire might pop out, oh, of, he will. Pop, pop out of academy hibernation. <laughs> <laughs> you can picture the anger, the hatred, especially if the Lions have won a couple of flags. <laughs> if the Lions have won the last couple of flags, so we win the next two or the next three even, right? Let's say that or two of the next three. And then, and then we have Cooper Hodge selecting the Lions instead of Hawthorne as, a, <laughs> as an academy player in, and he goes top five or top ten. That will be cataclysmic. That yep. will be end of the world sort of stuff for the Victorian media. And I don't know how they'll ever recover from that, to be honest, Mike. So yeah, well, Let's hope it happens. Pretty wonderful, Just for it? the storyline. Let's just- Cheer let's, for the story. Let's start manifesting that now. We did that with Will Ashcroft a few years ago. Yep. We'll start doing that again now with Cooper Hodge. Hey? Come on, uh, Cooper. That is all I got time for. 
uh, on the Raw Deal today. In the weeks ahead, we've got some exciting interviews lined up as we get closer and closer to the AFLW finals. Uh, as always, send through any questions you've got, ideas, suggestions, and thanks for sticking with us as we have recovered together over the past month since that day on September the 30th. Uh, whatever happens against the Demons this weekend and however the Lions women are placed heading into the finals, we'll be here on the Royal Deal next week to recap it all. We'll see you then.